You are listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Now I have a question for you. Does SEO scare the heck out of you? Do you forget to blog or even worse, you don't even have a blog? Or are you relying purely on social media for your leads and sales? If you raised your hand or said yes, or even nodded yes, or even thought yes to any of the above, we have got some tea for you today. Today's guest is the incredible Lauren Taylor. Lauren is a brand designer, Squarespace web designer, and SEO strategist. She helps powerhouse coaches and creatives build a highly converting website and create an evergreen lead generation machine so that they can stand out, get seen, and make more sales. After spending two years in the SEO industry servicing billion-dollar global brands, Lauren is passionate about combining the art and science of websites to give her clients a rock-solid online presence. Today, we jump in the deep end of SEO. We are swimming around in there. (laughs) We talk about what SEO is, why it's important, keywords, SEO mistakes, the different type of search engines, and how to figure out what your customer is searching for on each one, exactly how to approach a blog post to rank highest on Google, and more. If you are struggling with SEO and need a step-by-step guide to blasting to the top on search engine rankings, this is your new best friend in podcast episode form. (laughs) Now, let's get to chatting with Lauren. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Lauren, I am so excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. Well, we are so excited to dive in all into SEO today. So, but before we get to that, can we can we have you tell us your story and a little bit about yourself for those that don't know you? Yeah, of course. Um, So I am a brand designer, Squarespace and show website designer and SEO strategist for coaches and creatives who want to professionalize their business, attract more aligned clients and generate new leads from Google. And after graduating college, I got a job at an SEO agency where I spent two years And basically, my role was to move down negative search results that would appear on page one of Google when you searched a company or a person's name. And I worked on accounts for billion-dollar global brands and high-profile people like activists, celebrities, and lawyers. Um, And some of these negative search results were things like review sites or articles that didn't show the person or company in a good light. And over time, it really took a toll on my happiness. And I felt like I had no real purpose at my job. And it just wasn't sitting right with me ethically, even though we did everything by Google standards. Um, and about a year into my role was when I found out about the online business world through a Facebook ad. And I can say that it literally changed my life. Uh-huh. Um, I thought that you had to wait like 10 years to start freelancing and seeing these online entrepreneurs selling their information through online courses was pretty much like mind boggling to me. And that's when I discovered my love and obsession for design, especially website design. And I realized like, 
could combine my technical experience working in SEO with my passion for design and Coming into the online business world, I realized just how much of a gap there was between design and SEO in terms of websites. And um, so whereas my nine to five job felt very reactive in pushing down search results, I really love the proactive approach I take now with my clients in helping them climb pages of Google and to get found for different search terms. So I'm really passionate about spreading the message of having a website that works for you 24 seven. Oh my God. Amen. I freaking love that. <laughs> it's so important. I think it's also very easy to neglect, especially as, um, you know, entrepreneurs who are starting our own business or whatever in the early stages, websites can feel so daunting and especially SEO. So it's easy to, to push it aside and push it to a back burner, but it's just so important. So I love, love that you're on the show today and we get to dive into this. <laughs> Thank you. Um, to kind of like start off and dive in to the SEO side of things, can you just talk to us for a second about SEO for anyone who might not be familiar with that? So what is it? What does that stand for? And why would we need to focus on it? Yeah. So SEO stands for search engine optimization, and it's about making your website readable by search engines. And furthermore, about like making content and technical tweaks to your website to give it the best possible chance of ranking high in search engines. So when I say search engine, you know, we typically think of Google, um, but YouTube is a video search engine and Pinterest is a visual search engine. So the mm -hmm. idea of keywords is also super important for those platforms as well. Um, and I think that having some kind of SEO strategy in your business is important because we tend to focus on short-term results, um, like building a blog and pairing it with an SEO strategy is a long-term visibility plan that when done right can work for years. Whereas the shelf life of an Instagram or Facebook post is typically a day and we tend to have to like recycle the content on those platforms. But with blogging, it's kind of like a one and done type of content platform where posts have a lifespan of years. So instead of you mm -hmm. constantly have to, having to um, find people through Instagram or Facebook, people are searching for solutions to their problems and finding you. So that means establishing yourself as an authority, growing your leads on autopilot and making more sales with ease. Um, and Google is not going anywhere. And I'm sure we all know how frustrating it is when Instagram and Facebook goes down or there's tech glitches, but with blogging, you own the content on your site and you don't have to worry about losing everything you've built on a borrowed platform like Instagram or Facebook. Okay. I'm so glad that you just said that because I've had multiple uh, coaching calls recently where everyone pretty much was like, I mean, should I be blogging? What do you think about blogging? Like in their minds, social media was a no brainer, but then blogging was always something that's like, uh, I don't know about that. Like, I don't really know if I need a blog in order to run a business. And so I'm so glad you just spoke to that because it, literally everything that you just said it, the shelf life is so much longer and you can put so much effort and energy into doing a blog post right and then it can and last for years and you can cross-reference it on Pinterest and all these things, whereas an Instagram post is kind of a one-and-done situation. And so thank you for saying that because everyone, if you're listening, start a blog. <laughs> yes, it's definitely not dead. People think it's dead, but it's definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Okay, well, then diving in a little bit more into some SEO strategy... We know that you can have like the most beautiful website and branding in the world, but if you aren't putting time and effort into your SEO, then, you know, it might not ever be actually seen by your ideal client. So the beauty kind of goes to waste. So my question for you is what are some of the top SEO strategies and tactics that we can use to make sure our websites are found through Google? 
Yeah. So I have a couple things. So the first thing is image optimization. Um, so, you know, not only does SEO help Google understand what your website is about, but also disregarding it altogether and not implementing best practices can severely impact the user experience, even if you're not blogging. And image optimization is a prime example because uploading super large images to your website can create a horrible user experience because it will just slow down the speed of your website so much. Because if it takes like three to five seconds or longer, people are just going to click out of it. So it could look beautiful, but people are not even going to reach your website. Mm -hmm. So you need to really make sure that you're taking those really large images, which are typically between like three and 20 megabytes and condensing them down below 500 kilobytes. Um, and I actually have a three-step process that I do. Um, I like manually condense the files down. Then I use um, tools like tinyjpeg.com and JPEG mini to condense the file size down further without compromising the quality. Um, in addition to the uh, file size, you also want to make sure that you're changing the file name before uploading it to your website. Um, and this is to help like describe the subject of the image, which can also amplify your SEO efforts. So for example, a file name could be something like a Boston wedding photography dash bride smiling and holding flowers, because that tells Google what the image um, is about in a very clear and concise way. And you're also able to add your keyword in there without looking spammy. Um, and then in addition to that, you also want to add alt text for the image. And this describes exactly what the image is like taking that um, you know, quote, bride smiling and holding flowers portion. So people who are visually impaired can still understand the image, even though they can't see it. So that's number one. <laughs> And then uh, with number two, uh, we've talked about it a little bit already, but definitely um, writing a blog post because you can optimize your website as a whole, but it's extremely rare that you would rank. And maybe if you're a location-based business, um, you know, having that extra element would help, um, but you really need to be adding content to your website in the form of blog posts. And you want to focus on helping people solve problems instead of focusing solely on trying to rank for what you do, because that's more secondary. So for example, if you're an Instagram coach, you want to focus on creating how-to articles, like five ways to create an effective Instagram strategy. And then you would naturally include the keyword Instagram coach in your content, but your focus is on educating and informing. And Google wants to provide its users with the best possible resources. So you want to aim for your blog post to be between a thousand and 3000 words. And I know that that sounds really daunting to some people, but this is where recycling your Instagram and Facebook feed posts, um, Facebook and um, Instagram live videos, IGTV, podcast episodes, and YouTube videos can be super helpful. Um, because repurposing um, is really huge and recommended for your blog since Google can only read uh, YouTube content and nothing else from social media. Wow. Yes. So good. <laughs> It's, I think it's so important too for, for creative business owners and entrepreneurs to realize that I think there's this, this mind like a hurdle or this mentality that recycling and repurposing content is a no-no that you constantly have to be creating brand new content every single day. Um, but the reality is that that is so far from accurate and it's actually more beneficial, not only for yourself, but also for your audience who may not have seen that content round one, round two, even round three. Um, and just people who are searching on different platforms. So, you know, we may have a podcast, but 
you know, somebody might be searching the same thing on YouTube or whatever that's that may not see it as a podcast format. So I think that's super encouraging as well of don't be afraid to repurpose your content for various reasons, but especially when it comes to like SEO and, you know, optimizing who can find you and where. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that has been really helpful even for me. Like I have taken um, kind of like a series of four Instagram posts and turned that into a blog post. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely, you know, taking that content that you've already spent hours and hours on um, and turning that into a blog post is going to be so helpful. That's mm-hmm. such a good idea. Okay, Lauren, I have a really baby, just logistical question. When you say yeah. to name your images, I do that too. But so just logistically, when you said like Boston dash wedding photographer dash or whatever. Um, and then you said girl holding flowers. Do you include that in the title or is that just the alt text? Um, that's typically the file name. And then for the alt text, I put what the image is first and then we'll sometimes add on like the keywords. So like Boston wedding photographer would come after that. Cause the alt text like first is to tell someone like exactly what that image is. Got you. Okay. So good. (laughs) Yeah, that's so good. Okay. Awesome. Okay. And then Lauren, I would love to hear from you. What do you feel on the flip side are some of the biggest SEO mistakes that you see people making? Yes. So the first one, um, is not doing keyword research. Um, because if you are not using the exact words, your people are typing into the Google search bar, you're setting up your blog post to fail, like completely. Um, most business owners don't take the time to do this. And Although you might phrase something a certain way, people might be thinking about it slightly differently. Like it's sometimes it's literally just tweaking the order of some words or how something is phrased. Um, so keyword research is super important. Um, and then I would say after that, um, I do see a lot of business owners writing super short blog posts. And like I mentioned, um, you definitely want to be writing more in-depth um, blog posts because although you know it might work great for Pinterest uh, to have like a 500 word blog post that definitely wouldn't work for Google because they really want to showcase that high quality content. Um, and short blog posts are just not going to cut it. Um, and then a third thing that I would say is keyword stuffing. Um, and this is a spammy SEO tactic that is used to trick Google, uh, to trick Google. And, um, I think that sometimes the business owners don't realize that they're doing this. Um, but it's basically taking a long tail keyword or a set of keywords and integrating variations of them throughout your website and blog post. And I actually see this, um, with a lot of photographers. So an example of that is having something in a footer, um, like LA wedding photographer, LA weddings, engagement sessions in LA, and then like Los Angeles wedding photography, like that would be an example of keyword stuffing. Um, and definitely not something you want to be doing because it does look unnatural. And if anything, you just want to mention, um, your keyword once, um, in the footer and then put your focus on blogging and optimizing other areas of your website. Okay. Wait, that's mind blowing to me. I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wait, I want to unpack this for a second. So, okay. <laughs> okay, maybe this is my ignorant brain talking, so I don't know. But no, you're when, totally Google, fine. <laughs> when Google's reading your page, I've always been taught, I guess, or just like understood uh, wrongly, yeah, clearly, but that like you're supposed to put that keyword multiple times like throughout your page. So that way it's clear that that's like where you're at. Yeah. So I would, I would say like, so wherever it looks natural, like I'm talking about like specifically in a very condensed area. Like, I don't know if you've 
seen that like specifically in a footer of a website where instead of having like the word like LA um, wedding and engagement photography, they like take those string of keywords and variations and pack them all together. Um, But also I would say on pages in general, like, yes, you do want to include the keyword, but if you're including it, like every hundred words like if you read it out loud and it sounds unnatural then it's probably spammy so i would say that that's the main thing like if if you can read it out loud and it sounds conversational um then then you're good but if it's like a string of keywords like thrown together in the footer or just like that keyword mentioned over and over again on a page then you definitely want to go back and change things up Okay. That That makes sense. Yep. Okay. I'm tracking now because I was like, wait, (laughs) putting your location is bad. Okay. No, it's only, it's only just like taking that and using it in different variations in a very close proximity to each other. It'd be easier if I could showcase an actual screenshot. Yeah. It's difficult on an audio platform to discuss a visual presentation. Right. I'm trying, trying my best to, to, do that, but it's definitely not easy. <laughs> you are doing great. That makes sense though. It's basically you don't want people to read something and, you know, assume and feel that it is marketing spam that you are intentionally placing there solely for the purpose of SEO and it's not actually related to you know whatever you're talking about. Is that kind of like the general sum up like simplified gist? Yes, exactly. You definitely want to be thinking first and foremost about the user experience and how someone's going to feel when they come to your website and reading those words. Um, Because sometimes I think that's why people go for the footer because, you know, that's like the last thing that people see. Um, But I have also seen keyword stuffing on like a services page and it's just not like fun to read. Like the person understands that you're located in LA. So to mention it like five times throughout like (laughs) a hundred words, you know, it just like, it kills the user experience. So you definitely don't Mm -hmm. want to be doing that. That makes so much sense. Does Instagram scare the heck out of you? Feeling like you're always struggling to save time on the good old gram while also creating flawless branded professional content for it? We feel you. We have made a special little something just for you. We created a PDF with our top five apps we use in conjunction with Instagram to create smooth, professional content while saving us time and energy. This is a list compiled after years of using Instagram and searching for all the secret pro tools to make our jobs easier. If you've ever wondered, how the heck did she do this? Or how did she make that? It's probably answered by one of these apps. There are little secret sauce to spicing up your Instagram. We use these apps daily and they've absolutely changed the game for us. So if you're ready to uplevel your Instagram and create pro content with just a few clicks, we got you. Head on over to www.theheartuniversity.com slash apps and let's uplevel that Instagame. That's A-P-P-S, y'all. Hey, Heart Fam, we had to interrupt this episode real quick to share with you something that's revolutionized our workflow. Everyone always asks Evie and I what the number one investment is that we've made in our businesses. Without a doubt, the best investment we've ever made to get our life and time back is HoneyBook, a client relations management software. We both use HoneyBook every single day and legit could not live without it. 
It's an all-in-one project management tool that's designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. I honestly don't know what I would do without HoneyBook. It streamlines everything. Email conversations, client workflow, contracts, invoicing, calendar integration. HoneyBook literally coordinates everything for my business. They thought of everything that a creative entrepreneur could need and combined it all in one place. From templates, brand customization, an app so that you can send invoices while you're on the go, all the way to the little ka-ching sound your phone makes every time you get paid, aka my favorite part. (laughs) HoneyBook gives you the ability to streamline an excellent client experience from your fingertips so you no longer have to spend 24-7 working in your business and you can finally get back to living your life instead. Guys, we know you're going to love HoneyBook just as much as we do. In addition to a free seven-day trial, we have an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Guys, that's a $200 value. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. You kind of touched on keywords. I want to kind of expand that a little bit more. So I know you said knowing what people are actually searching into Google, Google is important or any, I guess, search engine. It could be Pinterest as well. How do you find what keywords are best to use? And do you have any like specific rules, tips, or tricks on what keywords to use as it pertains to maybe like different industries or platforms or anything like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say the first thing is that you'd want to make sure that you're using um, a long tail keyword in your content, which is uh, three words or more. So basically a phrase that you want to rank for. So for example, you know, you wouldn't want to try to rank for the word photographer. Instead, you'd want to try and rank for the location or a type of photography or some some kind of subject matter relating to photography. Um, something like Dallas wedding photography is an example of a long tail keyword or adventure wedding photography. So the more specific you can be, the more aligned the types of people who are going to be coming to your website will be as well. Um, and for you know doing keyword research, it's definitely not as scary as it sounds. Um, I love to use keywords everywhere and Uber suggest uh, keywords everywhere is a paid uh, Google Chrome extension that integrates into the Google search bar. So it's super helpful in displaying search volume and Uber suggests, I think just came out with a Google Chrome extension as well. Um, and you, you can also go to their website and access uh, the keyword research data from there. Um, and you want to take note of both the search volume, which is the number of searches per month, as well as the search difficulty, which is how hard it would be to rank for that term. And if you're just starting out, I would say that you'd want to try and rank for keywords that have between a hundred and 1500 searches a month. And then you can work your way up from there. Dang. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is so fascinating. I am loving this. I know. I'm like, I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. Okay, Lauren, could you talk to us maybe a little bit about like like tools that people can utilize to see how SEO friendly their website is, where they're ranking, like anything like that to determine just kind of where they are in the moment? Yeah. So, um, Google page speed insights is great. And that tells you how fast your website is and what the problem areas are. Um, Uber suggest, um, will give you a website audit. So, uh, through that platform, you can check your traffic number of keywords you're ranking for site speed, how many errors are on your website and identify where you have broken links and so on. Um, and Google search console is also super helpful to see what keywords you're ranking for and your position in Google search. So if you see that you're ranking on page page three for something, you can create more content using that keyword. Okay. So good. Yeah. I'm ready to go like check my whole website out now. <laughs> I know. 
we keep throwing questions at you and you're like, and this is the answer. Great. Perfect. <laughs> it's so good. Glad to hear it. I, I tried to break it down as easy as possible, but I know that it's definitely like a daunting topic to some people. You make it very easy. Like, I mean, listening to you, oh, and good. <laughs> something that is kind of daunting and, and complicated when you're talking, it's like, oh, okay, that's very simple. It's like black and white, like do that. Okay, great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's super important too, for people to realize, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs can really do a lot of their SEO on their own. It's once you kind of break it down and you understand it, you put in a little time and effort into having someone train you, teach you, whatever, you can typically do it on your own. But also I know a lot of entrepreneurs, if it's just an area that you don't want to touch, you want to hand it off to a master, like hire somebody to do your SEO for you. That's, you know, you're handing it off to an expert in a field where you don't have a ton of expertise and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, outsourcing is huge. Okay, Lauren, the next question I have is just kind of an exercise I want you to walk us through. Maybe could you walk us through kind of the process of writing a blog post from beginning to end and kind of what you think about from an SEO perspective through all those steps with publishing it? Yeah, for sure. So um, I would say the first thing that you want to do is identify... Um, you know, what category you want your blog post to be part of. So I would say that for your blog in general, you want to have like two to five categories. Um, and then you would want to do um, keyword research to, um, you know, back up the type of blog post that you want to be writing about. So um, let's say you'd want to write a blog post, like five things to ask your wedding photographer so that, you know, if you are a wedding photographer, people coming to your website, you know, you want to make sure um, you want to give them, you know, that kind of information um, so that, you know, they kind of know what they should be asking you before they hire you. So, um, of course, you'd want to, like, you know, do the keyword research to make sure that something like, you know, things to ask your wedding photographer is actually highly searched. Um, but from there, you'd want to, you know, solidify your title based off of the keyword research. Um, and then going into the actual blog post, um, you'd want to take those five different things and break those up with a heading two. So something that a lot of business owners get wrong is that they'll add multiple heading ones throughout their blog post, but your heading one is your is your blog post title. And there shouldn't be any other heading one on that page or just any page of your website in general, because that tells Google what the page is about. Um, so you'd want to break up those five things with heading two tags. And then if there's anything additional that you'd want to add below, um, those main like five things, then you could break it up with a heading three and heading four and so on. Um, and then, you know, like I mentioned with images, any images that you add to this blog post, you'd want to make sure that you're condensing them down, um, changing the file name and adding alt text. Um, and then as well, if you have a, um, a freebie or a lead magnet that you want to give away, you could mention, or you could have like, um, a little screenshot of that, um, and have, the graphic like link out to a landing page um, where someone could download that freebie. I typically have like one to two graphics inside of my blog post. Um, and then once you um, are done with the blog post, then at the end, I typically have a call to action leading the, um, the reader somewhere else. So typically to my services page um, in case they want to check out what I do. Because um, for a lot of different blog posts that I come across, you get to the bottom and there's like nowhere to go. Like you can definitely keep reading, but I think it's good to have those links to your freebies and then also, um, you know, have a link to your services as well. Wow. Brilliant. Ooh, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, so good. I think especially the reminder to have next steps at the bottom of every blog is like super important for people to realize. Cause that's so important for 
every page of your website and then to not forget that on your blog post as well, I think is great. And I love, so good. The, I love the tip of including a freebie, like an opt-in to get them on your email list. Cause if they're already reading your blog post, they're interested in something that you have to give. And so I think that's just mm-hmm. a genius tip. Love that. Exactly. So yeah. Cause you, you were able to get them or hopefully like they were able to find you through Google and then they get to your website and you want to be able to collect their information. Cause if you don't have that, you don't want them to have to hunt down like for your freebie or, um, you know, any other information about you, you want to just present that right in front of them inside of the blog post. Yes. So good. Spoon feeding is what Lindsay and I call that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I love it. Okay. Well, Lauren, you are incredible. I'd love to hear you talk about for like one of our last questions. What do you feel is the biggest lesson that you've learned so far in business? Yeah, I would say, um, I know that a lot of people speak to mindset and I definitely can attest to how important that is, but I would say to invest before you're ready. I think that's been the biggest lesson for me um, because every big investment I've made in my business, um, in terms of coaching, uh, was before I had the clients or the money. Um, and I've probably taken out every single credit card under the sun that has 0% interest rate (laughs) for a year or more. And that's how I've been able to float the money to pay for coaches and programs. Um, that have really helped me reach the level of success that I'm at now. So I would say that you're never really ready and you just have to dive in. So good. I love I that love because that. I think I think <laughs> if people wait. I mean, not even with investing. I think people in general wait for anything until they feel ready. And I love just speaking into that because I think the true mark of success is just going before you feel ready or going before everything's mm-hmm. perfectly in line or jumping before you're, you have everything in place. Because if you wait till you have everything in place or you feel so totally secure or all your finances feel like they're all like perfectly in line, it's like, that's never going to happen. Like we're always learning. We're always growing. Um, I think that's, that's brilliant. And I could not agree more. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely scary, but you just have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> for Amen. sure. <laughs> okay, Lauren, for everyone who has listened to this episode and has heard your goodness on SEO and blogging and all of those things, where can everyone find you and check you out on the interweb? You can find me on Instagram at Lauren underscore Taylor and also at laurentaylor.com. And I just want to note that it's T-A-Y-L-A-R, not O-R. That's check a good your tip, spelling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Well, Lauren, thank you so much for dropping so much like SEO goodness today. I love this topic. I love that you came and just gave us so much tangible takeaways from this. Thank you for your expertise, your time. It was such an honor to have you on the show today. Thank you. I'm so glad I got to be here.